Good day, Savannah. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, and this is the Commute Podcast from SavannahNow.com. On this episode, the M Market Arena will open this weekend, at least we think it will, and it's thought to be a game changer for Savannah in terms of entertainment and sports events. City Talk columnist Bill Doors joins the podcast to talk about the arena, its impact on the neighborhood around it, and how it could reshape the western edge of downtown Savannah. Today is Tuesday, February the 1st, and this is the Commute Podcast, presented by National Office Systems. City Talk's Bill Doors will be along in just a second, after I pay the bills. National Office Systems is the Commute's presenting sponsor, not to mention my favorite local business. I think about them every time I step into our comfortable offices on Chatham Parkway. Owner Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers, such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture, create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's my interview with City Talks Bill Doors. Always pleased to be joined on the commute by City Talk columnist Bill Doors. And Bill, this is a week that I think people have been anticipating for a long time, at least going back a month when we thought this was the week uh, that the arena is opening. The first show is scheduled for Sunday night. We'll cross our fingers that, that Riley Green is able to take the stage. But as you look at look back at the process that comes with building the arena and the fact that now it's finally here, what is, what is top of mind for you? Well, uh, top of mind for me, I guess, at this point is um, whatever the whatever the problems in the short term, getting the arena open and getting it running optimally, um, you know, I think top of mind is can the city and the people who have advocated for the arena and for it as an um, economic engine for the west side, um, can they see that through? <laughs> Will this end up uh, being a positive thing for the west side and the economy and the quality of life on? Uh, uh, for residents of Greater West Savannah, um, you know that's 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 first in mind, and you know I think there are a lot of questions uh, there still about whether that'll be successful. That said, I'm sure you're as anxious as I am to get in and and see it. It's it's been okay. promised to us for a long time. Uh, absolutely, yeah. you know, I, I and I, I realize there's a lot of there are a lot of people that you know don't think we should have you know spent any money on an arena, or certainly not that much, or we didn't need an arena. You know, I, I, I just think that cities the size of Savannah have, um, you know, kind of public spaces, publicly owned spaces that are gathering places um, that are um, in good shape and up to date and up to code and welcoming to people who are handicapped. And, you know, I think um, this new arena, um, you know, if if if. If everything goes according to plan, we now have a facility that should last decades that'll be really appropriate for, for graduations, for large-scale concerts, for all manner of events that just really are, are limited in how they can be done at the, the Martin Luther King Arena at the, at the Civic Center. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, no, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, just, you know, I'm, I'm just super excited that we're going to have this new facility. Um, and you know it's I mean it should be used a lot throughout the year for many types of events 
and almost everybody in Savannah is going to have some reason to want to go there um, in these, you know, for in this first year or two. And some people are going to go a lot. Um, you know, I think the, I think at least at first, I think the the hockey is going to be a big hit. Um, you know, I, I, I read about you know Charleston and kind of their relationship with their hockey team. And they hit, um, they kind of hit a point where there was sort of a drop off in support, um, but that would that was a few years later. I'll be curious to see if we if we see any issues like that. Yeah, I think you're at least three to five years down the road with that. But it's, it's funny you mentioned Martin Luther King Jr. Arena because I went over there for the college hockey uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it really was it brought it home to me how and. and I'm the first to admit it. You said there are some people that say we didn't need an arena. I've written in the past that I didn't know that that spending that much money on arena was was wise. Uh, but being in the Civic Center arena just so recently kind of brought it home to me that yeah, this this facility is this facility is outdated, and the whole idea of having a new arena is really appealing. And then you look at the early returns like you said you mentioned the hockey team we're going to have an echl hockey team uh you look at the list of concerts and shows now granted i think they're looking at the geriatric set a lot right now i mean i was very excited to see jimmy buffett and the eagles and bon jovi but i think anybody younger than us is probably like eh. but uh, like you look at it from an from an entertainment standpoint and an offering standpoint what is most exciting to you um i think what is most exciting to me is um and I, I can't say for sure about any individually of those concerts, whether they would have still come to Savannah. Uh, I think it's safe to say, though, that not all of the things on the schedule would be coming right. here at all. Right. Um, you know, so the opportunity to see some, you know, actual arena concerts with really good technical specifications um, that, you know, with sound, the lighting, everything kind of all the way up there. Um, you know, I, I'm very excited about that. I, you know, I think I'm um, sort of equally excited though to see how, um, you know, what appear to be I haven't been in yet um, in all of the the drawings and the schematics, a pretty nice like interior, the interior spaces, you know, and the Civic Center also just hosts a lot of other types of events, you know, all day festivals, um, various types of uh, vendor shows. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know what that schedule of events is going to look like at the new arena, but, um, but it could really, you know, just up the ante in terms of just the quality of shows like that. Um, you know, it, it really could just be a, 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 a nicer place for the small scale events in addition to the big, the big arena, um, concerts. Um, yeah, no, and I'm, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm really excited about the hockey. Um, I you know I'm not a hockey expert by by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a it's a super super fun sport to 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 watch. Um, I'm glad they were able to get kind of a, a tenant as quickly right. as they said they would. Right. Um, you know I think we all had some question of whether there would be kind of a you know a sports tenant um, right off the bat, and they, they got that quick. Yeah. As a season ticket holder, I'm gonna make sure you're coming with me at least once. Oh, excellent, excellent! So we'll excellent. Go, and, go and see the Ghost Pirates for sure. <laughs> well, let's circle Ghost back. Pirates. Yeah, there. Yeah, well, we won't talk about the name. We'll just root for Savannah. Right? <laughs> now, let's circle back to what you were saying about the area around it, and and I drive by it a couple of times a day, just or a couple of times a day, a couple of times a week on my way to work, just to kind of see how the progress is going, and 
and obviously it is there. Uh, we know there's plans for the waterworks. We've seen where they've cleared the land around it. Uh, the canal improvements will eventually go in. It, it just it's it's going to be when it's done. If if what the vision for it it becomes reality, it's going to be just spectacular. But you mentioned earlier that it butts right up against that neighborhood, right across from the arena on Styles Avenue. Is there's a there's a house. There's people that live there. Um, what are some of the things that you think need to happen? And obviously they're they're making some road improvements. But what are some of the things that need to happen in conjunction with the arena to really improve the quality of life in that neighborhood and not become almost a detriment to have the arena that close and the canal district that close to them? Well, you know, and, and you know, I've been I've, I've been hitting this this note for years. Um, I mean, I just feel like the city just and, and and to be fair, not just the city, but I think um, some neighborhood leaders as well. They just didn't place enough emphasis early enough on um, all the various sort of connections, right? They didn't place enough emphasis early in thinking about a physical master plan for for how that arena space is gonna meet the immediate area. So, you know, we're not um, gonna have, uh, for, for a time, uh, for, for the foreseeable future, um, we're not gonna have what seemed to be um, really crucial to long-term kind of success of this, which would be um, good paths that would get people either on foot or on bicycle um, between kind of the west side near the arena and the historic district. Um, There's still a lot of people, I think, who don't really quite understand how close the arena is to the historic district. Um, And I'll, I'll tell you right now that rather than trying to drive over there or Uber or Lyft over there, um, if I just had a safe way to get there, right. I'd walk or take my bike. I mean, I'd literally walk from my house on 32nd Street to the new arena if there were a, a safe passage um, with roads that were actually inviting for me to be able to walk down. Um, and, you know, that's that's all totally doable. You know, we, we know from looking at the geography, we've got the, the Canal District Master Plan. Um, and the, the city has, you know, the city's made progress on the planning of all this and the thinking about how to do it. But the arena is going to open as a place that nearly everybody's going to try to drive to. Right. And, um, you know, the, um, I don't know what the ticket sales look like for the Riley Green Show. I'm assuming that's not uh, sold out. Um, so that won't be, you know, like seeing the, the, the first night won't be probably full capacity of all right. the cars trying to get there. Um, but we, you know, the, all the parking that they're attaching to it, that's also not ready. And, you know, we've just come off all these, uh, NFL playoffs and things and not that stadiums or arenas. I've got a column coming out next week. Um, my unplugged column, we're going to talk about some of the, the very challenging economics of large scale event venues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, we've all seen those, those aerial shots of those stadiums, these stadiums and then just parking all around, all around them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like. Like, look at the current Civic Center. It's an economic black hole uh, mm-hmm. most of the time. It just sits there with this parking and all this space around it with generating basically zero economic activity on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so the real challenge is what are the elements that you can bring to the arena and to the canal district that will that will bring life to it and help everybody? And with regard to like some of the neighbors in the neighborhoods, 
you know, it, it's, it seems to me that the house is very close to the arena. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anyone offered to plant trees along right. there. Um, I'm Offer, not seeing yeah. the progress on new sidewalks. Um, you know, are people from uh, Carver Village gonna feel um, comfortable? Like, because they're close. They're really close. Really close. They, they don't need to drive. I mean, are they gonna feel safe crossing the road? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's just just the the basic connectivity of, of not having everyone be forced to drive to get to that arena because because if this just turns into uh you know a, a congested area every time there's an event um you know and it'll take a while for traffic engineering and everybody to get the lights and the timing and that's going to take a while yeah. uh, to get all that right but if if it's going to make it harder for some types of businesses um, now we did get you know kind of what i would consider good news of uh uh, Savannah B Company going to relocate uh, to a facility over there. Um, locally owned business, uh, thriving business. I mean, that's uh, that that's a really good sign. Um, but then again, this question: well, All right, well, so that's a really good sign of uh, business development in the neighborhood. But is is that going to start to help the neighborhood in the way that the neighborhood leadership has for twenty years hoped it will? Right. right? Yeah. In the neighborhood, it, when there is a concert or or an event, and they're charging ten, fifteen dollars for parking, you know people are going to park on the street in those neighborhoods and park, you know, park on where they're not supposed to and park in people's yards. So that's going to be an annoyance. And then, like you say, you know, on on the nights or the the, the dates when there's not an event, can you have uh, some kind of uh, attraction or, or you know and I think a lot of works and some of the things they've got planned and eventually the recreational facilities over there and then hopefully then some some private enterprise comes in and kind of fills it up but I think for a while if I'm living in a neighborhood I'm it's a wait and see it's a wait and see prospect yeah and and I don't think the for the people in the neighborhood they're gonna see any any sort of quick return mm-hmm. um, you know and and they might see a lot of uh, sort of quick hassles. Yes. Um, now, you know, I think part of, um, and this might be a, a cynical reading of the, the politics of all this going back 20, 25 years, but, you know, back when Michael Brown was city manager and the kind of that site was originally targeted a long time ago for the new arena, yeah, you know, I, I think um, the city officials and other people realized that, you know, just, just the fact of putting the arena over there would tr- would would necessarily trigger other types of investment in infrastructure. There would have to be things done about roads. There would have to be things done about drainage, um, and that it would just you know naturally kind of trigger an am- amount of attention and investment that the neighborhood needs. Um, you know, and and you know those things are happening, but you know if we, you know flashback you know to two three years ago, and you know the. City Council's dealt with the pandemic. We've had instability in the city manager position, all of these things. But we always knew we needed good connectivity from those neighborhoods to the arena site and from the arena site up into downtown. I mean, none of this is a surprise. And I'm just I'm just concerned that we're just not hitting, getting off on the right foot here uh, and that 
you know, my, my, my vision of people being able to easily sort of walk or ride bikes from the, you know, MLK corridor, um, that that's could be years away. Right. We'll be right back. You are listening to a commute interview with City Talks Bill Doors. We'll return to that discussion after I remind you that SavannahNow.com is the best source for local news and happenings, such as what is going on with the arena opening or the latest in the hanging death of William Harvey, who died in the Savannah Police Department interrogation room last year, or the machinations around the federal hate crimes trial of the men convicted of killing Brunswick's Ahmad Arbery. Find all that and more at the online home of the Savannah Morning News. Get full access to SavannahNow.com and our mobile app for just $49 for the next year. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Now, lots of nows in this sentence. Now, back to the interview with City Talks Bill Doors. The other piece of this, of course, is gentrification, right? If you drive there now at Louisville Road in Stiles Avenue, right there, if you're on Louisville and you're turning left to go toward the arena on Stiles, there's some... There's some older properties right there on your right that are up for sale. And you know, when you get closer to the arena, uh, you have a lot of industrial, uh, I think there's like a lumber yard and some, some, other, some other businesses right there along styles that basically act as the buffer between the neighborhood and, and the arena site. And it's only a matter of time before those go up for sale as well. How concerning is that or is that somewhat inevitable? Well, I, I, I think it, uh, to, to some extent, I think it is inevitable. Um, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how kind of the mix of, of industry and now entertainment um, and, you know, Savannah Bee Company, which is going to bring like retail, restaurant, you know, like how these mix of, mixes of uses kind of play together. Um, and, but given the pressures that we're seeing kind of in the immediate downtown area, that it, the pressures that are leading SCAD to build a, a, a huge new dorm. story dorm on the river. A 17-story dorm. That's another uh, podcast. That, that are leading to, um, you know, uh, hundreds of new apartments, new apartment spaces coming online in the next few years. Um, you know, that, that the, the canal district, the arena, are a logical sort of expansion area, um, and there already has been you know, interest in that uh, that old uh, freight station mm-hmm. there along the canal, mm-hmm. um, and a, a big project approved there. I'm not quite sure where that yeah, the progress is. You're right. I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, we're going to see more of that. So what what needs to be happening, of course, is you know city officials seem to be working on an inclusionary zoning ordinance. Mm-hmm. Um, there need to be sort of the various types of protections for homeowners to allow people to kind of stay in their homes. Uh, but of course, what we what we also see over there is there's a lot of land that that isn't currently residential at all, right. um, and a lot of uh, a lot of land that seems underutilized, even mm-hmm. even some of the kind of industrial spaces. It seems like they've got a lot of space yeah. that they don't actively use. That's true. So so some of the, some of those land values might go up, but I will say that if you look at kind of the you know the 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 general economics of large scale event venues, um, you, you don't necessarily see increases in property values. The particular geography and the particular types of projects 
that are that are potentially going to be done over here, I, it, our case might be different um, than what some of the the economic studies show about facilities like this generally. Um, you know, and 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 again, you know, if if Savannah B, you know, moves in and you know is successful able to attract more people to their retail, able to have some kind of, you know, whatever their plans end up being, some kind of small cafe, um, some kind of, you know, mead, mead tasting room, little right. taverny feel, uh, maybe an event space um, that could be rented out. You know, if they, if they start to have success, I don't know why other, um, other business, other similar businesses and, and programming types might not also want to go over there. Because um, you know, property has just gotten so expensive in the you know in the kind of the greater downtown area. That's a logical that's a logical right. direction for a lot of commercial and residential development to go. That's right. Yeah, I look at that Full Street corridor and what's happened there in the last ten years, and, and I see the same thing kind of happening out there as it gets going. So yeah, and it's going to keep you know it's going to kind of keep happening, running further south. You know, mm-hmm. out toward out toward Duran, we're going to see see pressures um, from bull west right we're going to see den- gentrification press- pressures yeah. um, and you know the city's been kind of slow on getting in place some of the affordable housing initiatives um, the current city council essentially everybody I think ran on platforms that included expanding affordable housing and the successes have been have been limited um, yeah. so far. Again, you know the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But we are into the third year now. Um, we've started the third year of this city council. And that's something to remember: is next year's an election year, so they're going to have to really, <laughs> if they want to run for re-election, they're going to have to put their foot on the gas here between now and December, which I think is what uh, City Manager Melder has said. That's that's his goal on inclusionary zoning: is to have it all tied up and ready to roll out at least by the end of 2022 so ahead of an election year and i hope that um you know i i'm 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 in favor of an inclusionary zoning ordinance i i just hope people aren't overestimating what it could do right Right. um you know uh, so for example i live like across the lane um from the uh really quite nice uh, Matadora apartments um, at the corner of Bull and 31st, immediately south of Bull Street Baptist Church. Um, there are 81 units there, I think. So if we had an inclusionary zoning ordinance that looked like Atlanta's, um, eight of those 81 would be kind of affordable sort of workforce style housing with, um, and the rents for those would be capped to be suitable to somebody, uh, a household at like 60% or 80% of the area median income, probably like 80%. Um, so, I mean, eight units right. <laughs> of, of, of a particular of kind of affordable right. housing for a great big new development. Now, um, Savannah could end up writing, you know, kind of a more aggressive um, inclusionary zoning ordinance than that. Um, but as I said in a recent column, got to be really careful yeah the tipping um, point right or yeah, scaring scaring developers away yeah and you know savannah is already not leading the area in population growth yeah. uh you know we're struggling with population loss in a lot of places in savannah um you know so so there need to be a, the right package of in the right packages probably of incentives 
um, to encourage developers to to develop the kind of housing that we want. But you know, over over near the arena, um, if you had if we just had some of those decent paths in place, um, and I'm not quite sure what you know kind of regular transit looks like immediately around there, but if we had just sort of the right you know the right vision for it, um, you know somebody somebody could literally live somewhere in proximity to the arena and be able to 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 walk into town or ride a bicycle into town right. to go to work right. um, to work at know, one of the hotels or the restaurants or yeah and, sa- and save themselves all that uh, you know the the, the the costs of running a car and parking a car and I just all they could save themselves so many expenses because the 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 proximity of of all of that it feels like a long way and I imagine there's somebody there's probably at least one person listening to me right now thinking wow that's way over there what are you talking about walking uh, you know it's it's uh, the new arena is less than a mile from the current arena as the crow flies but you're probably not gonna walk it right. <laughs> because there's no safe way to do it yeah yeah the um, roads roads right now are not where you want to walk for sure yeah. Speaking of roads, uh, aside from the construction going on at the arena, the other big piece of construction out there is Gwinnett Street and widening it and making it a, a better connection to the arena coming off of, of I-16. City Council on January the 27th, in a workshop, started talking about the I-16 flyover as it comes on to Montgomery Street downtown, which I know has been a, a popular topic uh, for you over the years, uh, for me as well. Um, you get Gwinnett Street done, you have that connection, it probably opens up the possibility a little bit more in terms of connectivity to downtown in terms of that flyover. Do you connect those two like I do, and what do you foresee in terms of the flyover in, in the short term? Um, you know, I, I do connect them like you do, and you know, I, I think... Um, one thing that that city officials and uh, re- proponents of the removal of the flyover um, way back beginning when that whole you know that whole project was being worked on by the Savannah Development Renewal Authority and other entities, um, they have never sort of done a good job explaining to sort of the average citizen, the average taxpayer, the average voter, all of the advantages of that flyover removal. Now, there are some people who are just going to always balk, you know, just be against it, right? right. But I, you know, I, I, I still believe there are a lot of people out there who, who will respond to rational, reasonable arguments, and there are a lot of good reasons for taking down that flyover. Um, and, and by the way, eventually, it would need to be replaced anyway. I mean, it's been up for decades. I mean, it's yeah. going to need a huge amount of work at some point, that, and maybe at that point people will realize just how much valuable land that whole that whole structure is taking up um, and all of the detrimental effects on property values and, and business activity for blocks around it. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, in terms of the, the short term, I, you know, I haven't gotten any sense that, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad the city council's discussing it, but I, I haven't gotten any sense that this has been a priority of Van Johnson and his administration. Um, you know, uh, Edna Jackson was very, very much in favor of it, um, and you know, I, it, it seemed like maybe she had the kind of the, the, you know, the moral oomph to push 
the sort of the the issues regarding history, um, you know, the destruction of, of homes and a neighborhood to build that flyover. But she was somebody who could kind of keep that on people's mind as we talked about other reasons, other more, you know, sort of just more practical reasons for doing it. Um, but she, uh, you know, she obviously got defeated. Um, it wasn't something that was ever made a priority during the uh, Deloach years. And I, you know, this is just one of many issues I, I would have thought um, um, the current council would have kind of picked up this and, and been pushing it. Um, I, 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 I will say that we've got a potential big supporter of the flyover removal right. in Senator Raphael Warnock. Right. Um, you know, we have somebody in his who neighborhood. grew up just a little bit south of there and who I gather knows about the project um, and is in favor of infrastructure investment, mm -hmm. you know. So we've got a we've got you know potential huge ally um, in Washington to try to get that done. But I I don't you know I, I I'd love it I'd love to see um, Melder and the mayor and other members of council uh, you know kind of step forward and say yeah this is our plan right. this is how we're planning to approach this but. And I'd love to see the, obviously, if this moves forward, we're going to see some ingress and egress studies that look at, okay, if people are using Gwinnett Street to connect downtown or they're using um, the exit just before the flyover that, that drops down onto Gaston Street to access downtown, if they're using Louisville Road to access downtown, what needs to happen at those points to kind of ease the transition into downtown? Because... I guarantee you that when we start talking about well, Gwinnett Street becomes your major artery to get into downtown, people are going to be like, "Well, you know, you get off Gwinnett Street, you take a right, you've got some, you've got some public housing, you've got some other things, and, and like it or not, people are going to say, how welcoming is that? How does is that our best welcome mat? What all is going to have to be done and considered when they try to figure out how to, uh, if you take that flyover out, how is what is going to be, what are you going to do to still make Savannah coming in from that direction welcoming and the you know the studies that the they were working on um, and GDOT was involved in some of this uh, the studies that were being worked on a number of years ago you know it, it you know the first thing I would I, I think needs to be kept in mind is that the flyover is just an exit ramp it's not mm -hmm. an entrance ramp mm -hmm. so we've got traffic being dropped into not quite the middle but near near the center of the historic district off of a highway and just coming to an abrupt halt going northbound <laughs> no no matter what direction that traffic wants to go if it didn't exit on mlk or one of the other places it's now going northbound into the historic district dropped off every car that wants to get onto i-16 um, is crossing mlk now that's true they're getting on mlk and they're they're crossing somewhere right yeah. there yeah um, you know, so so this idea that the the you know that there's just this overwhelming amount of traffic. Well, it's just a one-way ramp now. Um, you know, in most of the studies, what they what they had, they just had I-16 ending just a little bit west and kind of end at sort of a boulevard where you had um, options for different places you could turn. Mm -hmm. um, and you know the. In, in combination with hopefully some, you know, this widening of Gwinnett um, and increased capacity elsewhere and some rethinking of connectivity getting to and from the arena, um, you know, it, it, it just opens up all sorts of different possibilities for how, you know, how they could 
rework the roads. It'd be a really expensive project, but roads are expensive projects. Yes. You know, the, you know, the, the, as I said in a recent column, the items that are on the current T-spots list, tens of millions of dollars for road widenings and, you know, roads are expensive um, and redesigning traffic is expensive. But um, the flyover removal, I mean, you could, you, you could design a, a far more beautiful and interesting gateway into the city if that's the concern. Yes. Um, by without the flyover, because right. there's nothing beautiful about it now. No. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. And, yeah. Let's uh, talk soon. Yeah. We'll talk to you. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks a lot for joining me, Bill. Always appreciate it. That's all for the Tuesday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah Opinion. The Commute returns on Thursday. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>